This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. In the beginning, there was design. At least according to designer and author Will Lidwell. Design is the oldest human discipline, older than humanity itself. And Will believes that in this oldest of old disciplines, everything ever designed. Spaceships, buildings, pyramids, weapons, clothing, artwork, everything. Can be traced back to a single designed object, the first designed object. This is as close to a Genesis object as we have. I mean, this is where it all began. This is where it all began. If design had its own Cosmo series, this would be episode one. I think this is the greatest, grandest, like most interesting story in the field of design. It has it all. Mystery, intrigue, controversy. We are on the edge of our seats, Will. Wait for it. I need like the the drum roll here. The first designed object was the Acheulean hand axe. The Acheulean hand axe, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, it doesn't look like an axe at all. There's no handle. There's no metal. Honestly, it should be called the Acheulean pointy hand rock. A hand axe is made of rock, and it's teardrop-shaped. And if uh, you join your hands together as if to pray, fingers together and thumbs in, this is almost the exact shape and size of an Acheulean hand axe. The term Acheulean refers to where the first specimens were found, which was a dig site in St. Acheul, France. But they've been found in a lot of other places. We find that Acheulean tools are found almost exclusively in Africa, uh, in Europe, and South Asia. This is Terence Deacon. I'm Terence Deacon. I'm a professor of biological anthropology at the University of California, Berkeley. And Berkeley has a whole bunch of samples of these hand axes. There's another hand axe. You can see that it's not quite so symmetric and nice, although it's sharp at this edge. Some are sharp all along the entire perimeter, some aren't. Some are perfectly symmetrical, and some are not. But those hand axes in the UC Berkeley basement aren't actual primordial hand axes. These are replicas made by graduate students. Yes, graduate students. In fact, uh, there have been courses here in which uh, one of the challenges is to make tools. And the point of this challenge for the graduate students is to see how involved this process is in making one of these pointy rocks, the way the early humans would have. You break off big pieces with large rocks and large strikes, and then you break off these little edges. You shape the edge with with smaller pieces. I just love the image of a bunch of grad students sitting around smashing rocks together. And sometimes they have to do it for a while. Someone really practiced at it can make a hand axe in something like 15 minutes to a half hour. But to make a really fine tool, a really carefully shaped tool, you're probably talking about an hour to two hours. Acheulean hand axes require time, effort, and skill to make. They were a product of a design process, the first design process. But the Acheulean hand axe was not the first tool. The first tool was basically a rock that is chipped with just a handful of uh, major strikes to produce a few sharp edges. Not very sophisticated tools. Anthropologists call these Oldowan tools. Our Homo habilis ancestors used them to bash open bones and scrape meat off of them around two million years ago, though this kind of technique isn't unique to humans. 
this can be done, uh, even by South American monkeys, the capuchin monkeys. They get these large pine nuts, and they have hammer stones that they can then lift up and bash these things until they open them. They know what they want to achieve, but they uh, actually simply go out and select something that will accomplish that. Rather than actually design something. Chimpanzees in, for example, stripping the leaves and the side branches off a little branch, they can stick it down a termite nest and get the termites to bite it, uh, and so they can eat the termites that way. So this requires cunning, yes, but craft, not really. So early humans understood the importance of Oldowan tools, those sharp rocks, and they realized that they could fashion more precise tools by sharpening rocks purposefully. So it's not just adventitious production. Now it's planned production. So the hand axe is the first designed object, at least that we can find. If there were any, say, wooden tools that our human-like ancestors made, those have long since disintegrated. But even if there are other examples, hand axes are really significant. With the Acheulean hand axe, with the Acheulean uh, technology showing up, we suddenly now find people making people, and I say they're they're our ancestors, making tools um, with an end in mind. They're making them in advance. They almost certainly have to carry them with them. They don't just make them on the spot. They take time to make them. They take thought to make them. And you're shaping them towards a particular shape for some particular use, which we today don't know. We don't know. We don't know how they were used. That's the crazy mystery here. So this is where we get into the intrigue. That's Will Lidwell again. They're, they're ideas, right? So smart people are, are working on the problem. And, and there are like three theories. There are more than three. If you want me to talk about more theories, I can talk about more theories. But I'll stop at three unless you tell me otherwise. Will Lidwell has three favorite theories as to why the hand axe appeared. So, all right. Theory number one, right, of, of how it's used is the multi-tool theory. So theory number one is that the Acheulean hand axe was the original Swiss army knife, primarily used for butchering meat, but it's also good for breaking open nuts and digging up grubs or whatever else you might need. And so the strength of this theory is that it fits with wear patterns that you see on a lot of the hand axes that are found. Here's the problem with theory number one. In some cases, the full perimeter of the axe is sharp. And remember, this is a hand axe that you're holding in the palm of your hand. So if you wanted to use it, there would be this sharp blade digging into your palm. Another problem with theory one is that some of the axes are symmetrical, which is a lot of extra effort that isn't really necessary if you're just using it to break up nuts or cut meat. And so to address some of those problems, we get into theory number two. And and this is my personal favorite. The sexy hand axe theory. The quote-unquote sexy hand axe theory proposes that these tools didn't have a use, per se. They were created mostly as a way of showing off. Like the feathers of a peacock. The goal wasn't to create a functional tool for butchering, but a symbolic tool for mate attraction. And making these things is really, really hard. Why spend so much time doing it unless you're showing off? Right? You're showing the opposite sex what you can do. But there are a lot of experts who are doubtful of this one, including anthropologist Terence Deacon. Not all of them are beautiful teardrop shapes. They weren't all that nice and neat and symmetrical. There is one interesting exception, and I mean one. One beautiful 350,000-year-old exception. A hand axe was located at the bottom of a kind of well in southern Spain. Um, it looks as though... Bodies were tossed down here, and one of the things that found in this, this well, so to speak, it's just a, a cave well, 
um, is a hand axe that was made of a kind of rose quartz looking stuff. Really pretty. And it doesn't look like it was ever used. Um, not a sexy hand axe, uh, but this may be the first indications that they're beginning to sort of grieve over the death of someone or that there's some kind of ritual issue here in which a beautiful hand axe is somehow playing a role. Okay, okay. So Will's third favorite theory is still a really fun one. Number three is pretty fun. Number three, in, in a close follow-on to my favorite to sexy hand axe, is the killer frisbee theory. And so in the killer frisbee theory... Right, hand axes were made to be projectiles, so thrown in the fashion of the discus in the Olympics. A lot of hand axes are found near riverbanks, and so the hypothesis goes that hunters would wait for herds of animals to come, and then they would bombard them with hand axes. This might not be enough to make a kill, but the stones would maim a few and give the hunters an opportunity to charge. This hypothesis right, explains why it looks the way it does, Right, why the hand axe is sharp all the way around, Uh, why it's so symmetrical, why it's so aerodynamic. Well, again, not all of them are sharp all the way around and perfectly symmetrical. Was it used like a Frisbee or was it used like a weapon? Um, I really have my doubts about that. I like the Swiss Army knife view, in part because it looks like it's a one-tool-fits-all. It was clearly something that we see again and again and again and again all over uh, the world. That means it was very effective. And if you don't find a lot of diversity of tools, it was almost certainly used for more than one thing. But whatever the hand axe was used for, it must have done a really good job because this basic design was used for a mind-blowingly long time. Hominid adults were literally teaching hominid children how to make hand axes for more than a million years passing the knowledge down from generation to generation. And so you compare that to any modern product life cycle, right? It's just crazy long. So long that our human minds can barely wrap our heads around it. We have no conception of what that time frame is. You know, our understanding of history is only, what, maybe 5,000, 10,000 years. That's our biggest understanding of history. We're talking about something that stayed the same, a culture that was constant for a million years. That's pretty remarkable. And no matter what the Acheulean hand axe was actually used for, just the mere existence of a designed object that is so old has huge implications. I often have students or colleagues think that design's a new field, like a 20th century invention, when in fact it's, it's the most ancient of all academic disciplines. Before there was mathematics or engineering or science or art or music or poetry, before there was philosophy, literature, religion, or, or even language, there was design. Invisible is produced by the Cracker Jack team of Avery Truffleman, Katie Mingle, Sam Greenspan, and me, Roman Mars. Whether you're building websites or you're doing industrial design or architecture, to have that sense of history, to to have those roots to me is everything. Special thanks to Will Lidwell for bringing the whole hand axe story to us. Will's book, Universal Principles of Design, is one of my two go-to recommendations for books about design. It's fun, insightful, this quick-hit encyclopedia of all kinds of design principles. I consult it all the time. I highly recommend it. We are a project of 91.7 Local Public Radio KALW in San Francisco and produced at the offices of ArcSign, an architecture firm in beautiful downtown Oakland, California. 99% Invisible is made possible by both our Swiss Army and Sexy Hand Axe listeners, and by Hover, the best way to buy and manage domain names. 
I really love Hover because it's extremely simple and easy to use. So if you want to create a website devoted to the study of hand axes, but you're not sure you want to buy the domain as hand axe with an E at the end, or hand axe without an E at the end, well, with Hover, it's easy to try and purchase all kinds of possibilities, and they don't try to upsell you with stuff you don't need on the way to your shopping cart. If you go to Hover.com right now, try it out, use the offer code TOOL, T-O-O-L, and I'll save you 10%. The Acheulean hand axe of corporate supporters is Tiny Letter. Email for people with something to say. My boy Maslow always has something to say. What do you got to say, Maslow? I'm excited that they're the new Maslow in the world. (laughs) That's right. In August, two listeners of this program had a boy and they named him Maslow, spelled M-A-Z-L-O. And the number of boys with the first name Maslow doubled in the world. Soon you can start a newsletter just for boys named Maslow tinyletter.com. It's free, easy, minimal, and powerful. The simplest way to send an email newsletter. From the great people behind MailChimp. Thanks to MailChimp and the Knight Foundation, we are a founding member of Radiotopia from PRX, the original kick-ass Justice League podcast collective. Welcome to Strangers. The truth. Theory of everything. Radio Diaries. Love and Radio. Fugitive Waves. From the Kitchen Sisters. Collect them all. If your company would like to reach amazing people and help create the most innovative and interesting radio being made today, Email sponsor at radiotopia.fm. You can keep up with all the comings and goings at 99PI on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, and Spotify. If you say hi, we usually say hi back. And if you're chipping away your own hand axe, I recommend listening to an old 99% Invisible. It's the perfect length for hand axe making at 99pi.org. Radiotopia. From PI.